Hello, this is Roger Schaus, and this is Jumpstart Rewind. This is part of our Heavenbound podcast family. This month, we're looking at Jumpstarts written from the book of Judges. This is written from Judges 14, verse 2, Jumpstart number 2337. So he came back and told his father and mother, I saw a woman in Tema, one of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Our verse today are the first words recorded from Samson. He saw a woman and he wanted to marry her. She was a Philistine. His parents urged him to find a wife from among our people, but Samson wouldn't listen. He wouldn't have anything to do with that. He wanted this Philistines, and that's where his heart was set. God would allow this connection with the Philistines as a bridge for Samson to fight and destroy many of them, but he paid a terrible price for doing this. Now, there's some lessons for us. First, without any guidance, teaching, or conversations, our kids will follow the crowds. They will look for the person that makes their heart skip a beat or two. Wait until your child is a teen is nearly too late to be driving these lessons home. If you want your child to follow God, even in their marriage, then you must put God before all things. Worship must come before all things, including the ball games. I wonder if we make God important, but not the most important. Therefore, we can push God to the background when it comes to doing things that we want to do. With this thinking, God doesn't enter the picture when dating or marriage comes about. About the only time someone thinks about God is when they must make a decision about who's going to perform the ceremony. Bring the preacher and bring the Bible for a few moments and then get both of them out of our lives as quickly as possible. Our kids need to look beyond the surface to see what a person is really like. Are they only interested in themselves? That will make for a sad marriage. Are they always talking about bad in other people? Are they kind and decent and good? Let's face it, our looks change as we age, and usually it's not for the better. And if the sole reason one is marrying another is because that person makes them happy, what happens when that stops? The person will move on to find someone else who will also make them happy. The purpose of marriage is not to make the other person happy. That is starting on the wrong foot. Yet this is something that is a chapter of many disasters in marriages today. Second, we marry who we date. If you date a frog, you'll marry a frog. If you want a prince, then you must date a prince. If you want a Christian, then either you date a Christian or you get some serious Bible conversations before the talk of love, rings, and weddings take place. If the person isn't interested in the Bible before marriage, what makes you think they'll be interested after the marriage? Samson hung around the Philistines. It doesn't surprise us that he married the Philistines. If you want to marry a Christian, stop hanging around Philistines. As long as you hang out with the Philistines, you'll probably marry a Philistines. There's so much more than just having someone to go to church with. It's about someone sharing life with who loves the Lord and on the same page with you spiritually. For about the past month, I've worshipped alone. Oh, I've been in church buildings full of people, but my wife has been recovering at home from surgery, or I've been on the road in other places. But even then, I'm not alone. I can come home and talk to her about worship. I can call her and talk to her about the songs we sing. I can tell her about the lessons. I can tell her about who was sick. We can talk about concerns. We can enjoy the good news about spiritual things. These past few months, I've been in many, many homes, preaching on the road. Members invite me over to their homes. Others are there. We share a, mo- we share a meal, life, stories, joys, and concerns. But in all these homes I've been to, not one of them, not one was a home in which one was a Christian and the other wasn't. 
That simply doesn't happen. The person who's not a Christian doesn't feel comfortable around church people. They don't like to talk about the Bible because they're not interested in the Bible. You won't find much hospitality taking place among Christians when one in the marriage is simply not following the Lord. It's hard to share things with your mate when he is not a Christian and does not understand what the Lord says. What movies to watch? The Christian has guidelines. The Christian isn't comfortable with foul language, immodesty, and blasphemy on the screen. The one who's not a Christian has no problem. Right there, a fight takes place about what to watch. The Christian often caves in and compromises just to please a spouse. But there's more. What about the kids? How are they going to be raised? Discipline, church services, teaching them about life, love, marriage, and God. But there's even more. What about giving? And there's even more. What about when the parents die or the kids are in the hospital? What about prayers? Can there be real comfort when one doesn't even know what he believes? But there's even more. What about leading the family to heaven? What biblical leadership is in the home? What examples are the kids seeing every day? We can share everything, but not one of the greatest things of all, and that is our faith. I know a young lady that married a young man and that everyone says was a good guy. He's nice. He's a great catch. Everyone was so happy. He pulled her away from the Lord, and now they do not follow the Bible. He's such a good guy, her family keeps telling me. Would we use that same expression on the serpent in the garden? Of all the animals, only the serpent talked to Eve. He was so nice to do that. Never. He pulled Eve away from God. A person isn't good when they cause one to stop following the Lord. A good person will help you follow the Lord. A good person will make you accountable and raise the bar spiritually for you. A good person pulls out the best in you. A good person honors the Lord every day. We should want our children to marry someone who's kind, one who listens, one who cares, one who puts the other first, one who's thoughtful, thankful, and knows the Lord. We want our children to marry someone who will help them get to heaven, not one who just stands in the way or pressures them to compromise. How active have they been spiritually? How seriously do they take spiritual things? Do they just sit in a pew, or are they engaged in worship? Do they teach? Are they active in hospitality? Do they take the Lord outside the church building? Are they more concerned about character than appearance? Do they love what the Lord loves? If our children marry someone who doesn't follow the Lord, what will keep them from walking away from that marriage? Divorce and misery in marriage are two of the saddest things to ever take place. This is not the way God intended things to be. But far too many end up there. Far too many find themselves unable to lead God's people today because they made wrong choices years ago when it came to dating and marriage. Who you date is who you marry. It's time to return to them thinking spiritually and biblically about all these things, including dating and marriage. Finding the right person is just as important as being the right person. We want a prince, yet we remain in the swamp with the other frogs. Maybe it's time we stepped up our spiritual life as well. It's about time we started looking for someone that will help us get to heaven. Samson found a Philistine. What are we finding? Thank you so much for listening.